everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Escape the Cage podcast. We've reached a milestone today. If any of you know, I just recently started this podcast, and today I am recording our 10th episode, and I am very happy to bring on my guest, Adam Dukes, and he is the, I see you as like the guide for dadpreneurs, which I am not a father, but Congratulations uh, for that. And Adam Dukes, welcome to the Escape the Cage podcast. Awesome. I appreciate it, Chuck. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me on. I'm looking forward to uh, kind of jamming with you today. And uh, well done on the 10th episode. We were just talking before that. That's a great milestone. Uh, continue uh, putting in the work. Thank you very much. So let's start, as I love to do, because I believe stories tell everything. Yes. Tell me your story. How did this whole journey begin for you? Where did you start? Everything you want to share. Okay, okay. Yeah, as we were talking before, um, after 25 years of gray skies and snow in April, I left Michigan, got to Las Vegas. My degree was in construction management. This was back in 2006. Got a job right away. Um, and then the economy took a dump in 2008. I was working at a big project on the Strip uh, at the Aria Hotel building that. We got laid off in the uh, very end of 2009. Um, I knew I didn't want to do construction anymore. Um, I, I had saved money all of 2009. We all knew we were getting laid off. And I got wore out from the construction. So I said, I'm going to sit on my ass and, and eat bonbons for six months, you know, because I do not <laughs> want to do this anymore. You know, I wanted to relax. And um, about two weeks into eating bonbons, you know, I was like, this is really boring. I don't like this at all. Um, I had a little bit of cushion of money I was sitting on because uh, I saved up collecting unemployment. So I wasn't in a rush to get a job. So I figured, what do I want to do? And I went to Amazon and I remember this quite well. It was February of 2010 and I looked up a book on motivation and I clicked on the second listing and it was a book by a guy I'd never heard of. And I scrolled down to the reviews and it turns out the reviews were all, it, it was it was a book on entrepreneurship and I'm like, I'm, I'm not into entrepreneurship. This isn't for me. So as I scrolled up to the top of the page to go hit back, uh, there was a video of the author. Um, and I was like, Oh, let me just, let me just click on this video. And it was Gary Vaynerchuk and <laughs> it was like, to him. And it was in a video of his from, I think, Oh nine. And he's on stage swearing and cussing. And I'm going, this is my, this is my people. Yeah. And I bought the book. It was the crutch it. Um, I got it somewhere over there. Crush it. Um, read that, and that was kind of the gateway drug that into entrepreneurship. And then I bought the four hour work week, and then I got into what's called the Warrior Forum. It's an internet marketing forum. Uh, and that's kind of how I got started in it. It was in early 2010. You know, of course, I consumed information for probably about six months before I did anything. Um, started selling websites uh, to local businesses in Las Vegas. That's That was my first kind of taste of business entrepreneurship. I cold called 5,000 local businesses here. I used like a dialer so I didn't have to dial. Um, I sold two websites out of 5,000 calls. That's how atrocious <laughs> I was <laughs> selling and cold calling. And I figured, you know, I got to find some other way. So I started cold, uh, cold emailing businesses. And it's just been a kind of a decade long journey of different, uh, a lot of, uh, uh, a lot of downs, a couple of ups, you know, I compare it to my Detroit sports teams. <laughs> there you go. So, you know, it's funny when you talk about your journey, I had a similar one. Those physical jobs do pay well, but the risk of injury is high. The risk of losing your income is high and they have a physical shelf life. 
you know, you look at the people that do those jobs, you can only do them for so long. And then your body just gets beat to hell. And then you, you can't do it anymore. Because I, I love social media, got a broadcasting background <laughs> that I barely used. And so I just wanted to, you know, I just wanted to find a way to co-mingle something that I really liked. And I fell in love and, and I'm like you did with marketing. So what was the point at which was like, okay, all these other ventures have, you know, kind of been up and down and for lack of a better word, failed. Yeah. What was kind of that turning point for you where it's like, okay, I finally found something that's going to work for me. So I did, um, I did, well, I got into selling the websites, the mobile websites, and then I got into Shopify in 2015 and I did really, really well with that. Um, it was kind of right as it was getting started, the whole drop shipping Shopify thing. Um, I was selling women's jewelry though, and I, I did it. I tell people I chased the money. It was, oh, you can make money doing this. And I thought, oh, cool. That's all I'm after is making the money. And I made a lot of money with it. And I paid off a lot of debt, paid off credit cards, cars. I took my dad to the Masters Golf Tournament in oh, 2016. Wow. It was like a surprise birthday present for him. It was a bucket list thing I always wanted to do. Uh, and then in the summer of 2016, I, like I had zero interest in selling jewelry anymore. I tell people that the, the money high, basically it, it wore off, you know, it was about 14 months. It was fun. And, it, and I didn't go blow it on. I, I was pretty responsible with it, but um, the money high wore off. And I was like, God, I don't like, like, this isn't fun for me. You know, I wanted to do something more with a purpose, you know, um, and some people can build a business and not have the purpose behind it and not judging them. It just wasn't for me. You know, some people can do it for the money. I just couldn't. And so I was like, you know what? I want to, I want to help dads. And I kind of teetered with helping dads. I wasn't all in kind of dipping my toes in, uh, doing a couple of other different things, other Shopify stores. Maybe I could create a store on something I do enjoy, you know, um, a couple of successes, mostly failures. Uh, there was a sports rugs. I'm a huge sports fan. And I got in, I got the licensing to sell NFL, all the, the major sports rugs. And I thought, oh, this is it. There's, I called it Red Zone Rugs. Red Zone Rugs. Um, I'm a big fan of alliteration. And I thought this was it. And um, I didn't take in the fact uh, the, the cost of shipping in that. Um, the margins were like five to seven percent. So it was a volume game. Um, so about three months into that, it was like, oh my Lord, like I have, I'm going to sell hundreds of thousands of these to make even a decent amount of money, you know? So um, that, that fizzled out quickly. Um, and so, so I kind of been uh, over the last couple of years focusing on, uh, like you said, focusing on helping dads, you know, I interviewed uh, 75 different dads in 2020, 2021, and just hearing some of their stories, you know, one guy started crying on the phone and it just, I don't know, it just built this connection, this bond, like, man, I can help these guys, you know? Um, and just, so, so that was, uh, that was probably a turning point, just doing those interviews. It, it was kind of a confirmation, like, this is the right path. You could help these people. A guy reached out to me, a dad reached out to me a couple, uh, last week, and he has mus mus muscular dystrophy. And he shared his story. I've never talked to this guy before. And he's just very open and vulnerable with me in an email. And I was like, God damn, I want to help this guy. You know I mean? I complain about some of the issues I'm having. And then I hear this story and I'm going, my, my problems are little molehills compared to what this guy's dealing with on a daily basis, you know? So hearing stories like that really is, uh, motivates me to, and reminds me I'm on the right path, helping, helping these fellow dads out. Well, as a faith-based person, uh, myself, you, you discover that, yeah, money and the, the, all the physical trappings and all of that stuff, they, they don't really mean anything. And I was sharing this with somebody at church the other day. Um, 
was that my turning point for that kind of stuff was going to a foreign country where my wife and I sponsor some children through a charity and we were in Honduras and those people don't have anything and they are the happiest human beings that I've ever met in my entire life. And the fact that we would travel 1200 miles to see them was like the greatest thing. You know, that was the thing that made them happy that we would travel to see them. Not the fact that, you know, running water and cars and, you know, all this excess that we have, you know, in our country. And, you know, like Gary Vee says all the time, we are better off than 99.9% of people in the world in this country. And we just don't appreciate it. All we want to do is complain. And I don't mean you and me, obviously we take a different track on this, but all people want to do is complain how bad things are when they have never really experienced any kind of hardship in their entire lives. And it's that, it's that fulfillment, you know, of helping other people. And, you know, as somebody who doesn't have kids, being able to help children and, you know, I kind of caught that bug. It's like, okay, what am I leaving behind? You know, I don't, I don't have kids of my own. I can't pass on my name. You know, really there's nobody in my family that's passing on the name because none of my siblings had kids either. So it's like, this name is going to die with us unless I do something to create some impact in the world. So, you know, I applaud you that, that you figured that out. And you're a dad. I'm not. Tell, tell people about your family as much as you want to go into it and, and keep what you don't want out. But No, and that's, yeah, like you said with Gary Vaynerchuk, and that was instantly what I thought real quick before I get into the kids. Yeah. Um, that was what exactly, like he's taught me. I, I've learned so much from him marketing business entrepreneurship-wise, but I really, the biggest takeaways I have from him are just – perspective he's taught me perspective to look at it you know like you said the honduras they're the happiest people and they got a lot less than we do you know and we got people up here bitching because their whipped cream wasn't enough. <laughs> i mean i mean it's unbelievable yeah um, gratitude gary talks about you know um but yeah it's kind of the emotional stuff the emotional intelligence stuff that gary teaches um, that i've taken away more so than how to market or, or how to post content on social media, you know? Um, but yeah, the kids, I have a nine and seven year old. Um, they are the, the, my joy, you know, I just dropped them off at school about an hour or so ago. And then I picked them up, um, you know, every day their mom and I aren't together. So we split time, uh, which is, uh, a battle that I won't even get into, um, a big battle. Um, but yes, it's, it, that's what I do it for is for them to be able to take them to school, to be able to pick them up from school, to be able to take them to the park after school or take them to the park in the evening or whenever it is, you know, uh, just to, to have time to go to, you know, parent teacher conferences were two weeks ago, open house, all the, all that stuff, you know, being able to attend their field trips. Although since COVID, they really haven't had uh, any field trips, but pre COVID, you know, I was able to go to the field trips and usually I was one of the only dads there, you know, on the field trips, you know, just because typically the dad's working the, the day, uh, uh, working during the day, you know, out in Las Vegas, it's a little different. Pe- parents have schedules that are all over the map, you know, sure. Um, a lot of times it was nine, nine women to one man, you know, or <laughs> eight women to uh, two men, you know? Um, so it was cool to be one of the only dads there on the field trips. One of the things that I, I, I think you, you exemplify is, you know, it's, it's not so much about, you know, how much money you make, it's how much time you get to spend the yes. way that you want to spend it. And I know that's a big thing of yours is you talk about, using or actually marketing and selling your knowledge 
rather than your time. Talk talk about that concept a little bit, and then we'll we'll get into your actual business model. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, just leverage is 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 what it is, and and using the tools that are available to all of us, and a lot of the tools are free or very 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 low cost, you know, and I always talk about even getting started, you don't need any money, you know, you really don't need any money and you don't need a ton of time. You know, those are the typical uh, pushbacks. I don't have time. I don't have money. It's like, well, you can't build this huge business this weekend, you know, but if you can give me 20 minutes, 30 minutes a day, just, and it's just that, you know, it's my favorite book, The Slight Edge, you know, just those daily disciplines over and over, stacking, stacking, stacking. Um, it's going to make a difference in three months, six months, nine months, you know. Um, but so many people are so impatient. Um, but yeah, just selling your knowledge, whether that's in ebooks, whether that's in any type of digital, whether that's spreadsheets, you know, I got all kinds of spreadsheets that I've created over the years. Some of them I sell, most of them I just give away. But maybe you have spreadsheets that you use that you could turn. That if you can, I, I always talk about it, if you can help someone save time, Time, money, stress, anxiety, shame, guilt, embarrassment, fear, and frequent trips to the liquor store, that's worth money. You know, and, yeah. it, and we shortchange ourselves. We undervalue ourselves. I'm just as guilty of it, too. It's, oh, it's common knowledge to me. And it's like, well, no, it's, yeah, to you it is, but it's not common to everyone else. And, you know, I'll say, oh, it's common knowledge to me. And it's like, well, it took me 10 years to learn that common knowledge, you know. And yep. We're headed from a, from a, uh, from a time, you know, a time-based model of earning a living and all of that stuff to knowledge and knowledge has, because like you said, it cuts down on people's learning curves and it cuts down on the time that they have to spend and it cuts down on their frustration level of trying to new, learn new things. Knowledge is, you know, it's the new currency for, for people. Yeah. Talk a little bit about how that process evolved for you. Yeah, so the, how I came up with that, it was in August of 2020. I was on a TikTok live stream uh, talking about marketing, and somebody made a comment, said, you should write an ebook on how to make money selling ebooks. And I thought it was a joke. And then a couple of, a couple other people in the live stream said, I'd buy it, I'd buy it, I'd be interested in that. And I thought, oh, this isn't a joke, you know? <laughs> and so then I, I don't know, within... It wasn't within 48 hours, but within a couple of days, um, you know, within a week, let's say, um, I put out the ebook and said it was called something different at the time. And I, I, I had a, a used, I didn't, I felt like a used car salesman selling an ebook on how to sell ebooks. You know, just I didn't like the feel of that. So I thought, how can I do this without feeling like a creep, you know? And so then I came up with the challenge, the 48 hour challenge. If they write and publish their ebook in 48 hours, which is a 20 to 40 page guide, it's not some, you know, it's not some big, thick book like this. And I was like, you know, I can feel good about that. You know, I, I won't feel like that used car salesman, like those greedy gurus, you know, I'll buy my ebook and this is how I make money. Um, and so that's worked out well. Um, and people, there's been a couple dozen people who've done it within 48 hours. So yes, it's absolutely possible. And that, But that's the thing that I talk about. It's a digital product, so it's not going to be perfect. And it doesn't have to be perfect. In the first version of whatever you do, it's going to be the worst version and that's okay, you know, but you make improvements, you know, like this is an iPhone 10, you know, when they first started, it was the iPhone one. And now it's a lot better, you know, this is my old iPhone. And then, you know, but iPhone two, they got feedback from the marketplace and they improved on the part one. And that's basically kind of what I teach is it's the same thing as the iPhone, obviously on a much, much smaller scale, but you just make tweaks. You get feedback from your customers. They say, hey, the book is too long. You're too, you're redundant. Chapter two and chapter five repeated itself, you know, or man, you totally missed on how to do it. I don't know how to do this and this. 
oh, let me add that in, you know what I mean? And you make tweaks, you make improvements. And, you know, after a couple of iterations, I don't want to say it's perfect, but um, it's much, much better product. And now you can start increasing the price. And, you know, it, it all starts with a, a philosophy that I believe in, which is you start with a foundation. And first you have to figure out what you want in a business. Yes. And, you know, what your what your level or your field of knowledge is that you could really delve into. Cause I know you talk about, I've watched lots of your content. So I, I look at all of that stuff and, and you talk about the fact that it's, um, you know, it's something that you can talk about, you know, just over and over and over and over again. And you just never get tired of it because you have that energy and that passion for it. And I think sometimes passion's an overused word, but it's something that you have not only a wealth of knowledge about, but you also never get tired of talking about it because it's just, it's something that's like in you, you know? And then, um, then the, so that's the, that's the implementation part from figuring out what you have to offer the marketplace. Then it's figuring out who you're going to offer it to. Cause I know you're a big, you're a big fan of the same mantra. I am one person, yep. one problem, one product, you know, it's a three P process. And if you do that, it, it makes things so much simpler. Because I think that's what we all do. We all overcomplicate things. Yeah. Yeah. No, myself included. I, I, I do it as well. And I have a little post-it note right on my, I wrote this years ago, confusion, overwhelm, complexity. And it's just my reminder when I put up, when I put up content to try to eliminate um, confusion, overwhelm, and complexity, you know. Um, and, and when I put out any type of content, any type of messaging to help people, simplified as much as possible but yes i'm a big fan of that like you said i'm even add i'm trying to add um one platform you know a, a fourth p to that you know at least when starting out you know right. um what, what, you know down the line you can add different products and, and different platforms and things like that but when starting out i just see these people try to get on all these platforms and try to create all these different products you know and, and serve this huge marketplace of oh well if i market to seven billion people i'll have a better chance of making sales you know and it's like it, it's the opposite you know when you when you market to i think the dan kennedy quote is when you market to everyone you talk to no one you know so um there's plenty of people out there i, I tell people all the time you, you really only need like a thousand people you know not and they don't need to buy this weekend you know just a thousand that there's a the study out there the thousand true fans type thing a thousand people is not that many people and just figure out a very 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 specific group of people and then own that niche and then you're a category of one you eliminate all competition that's why i do the dadpreneur thing you know that's not to say i'm the only one that does does it but there's been many dads that have come to me they thought i made up that word and i'm like oh. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't make up that, but they think I did, you know, it's that perception. And there's probably a lot of other dads who think I did, I didn't, you know, um, but they, that, you, that was the first thing you said on the, um, when we got on as your guide to the dadpreneurs, it's like, yeah, there's, there's not that, that helps me eliminate my competition, you know, because there's really not that many. When, when I say that, I'm not saying I'm the best. It's just, it's a small, small pool, a guide right. to the you know, so it's, I'm using that to my advantage, you know, I'm not saying I'm better than all these others, but there's just not many guys that do it. It's funny. We think there's so much more competition, especially when we're involved in social media, because that's all our feed is filled with is people doing what we do. Cause that's the concept. That's the content we consume. And so the algorithm, especially on TikTok, that's what it feeds you. And so you're like, oh my God, there's so many people out here doing this. This is saturated. There's nobody, there's no way anybody's going to choose me. But what we all fail to, to realize is that there really isn't any competition. And if you come at it from that standpoint, 
there are people that are supposed to find you because they're dads. There are people that are supposed to find me because they're a little bit older and they don't have kids and they've got kind of different motivations for doing what they do. And they may relate to me or they may relate to you depending on their station in life, but we're not in competition. And that's why I love bringing people like you who do similar things to what I do. But, you know, some people would say, oh, God, don't bring on competition because, you know, they're going to steal your customers. And I've completely changed the way that I think about it. And I think I've offered more value to my audience. And I know you do. You think that way as well. Yeah, me and you could sell the exact same product. And there's going to be people who prefer to buy from you because of you. And there's going to be people that prefer to buy from me because of me, for whatever reason, you know. Um, you know, I swear in my content, people don't like that. And I'm like, well, don't don't follow someone else that doesn't swear because I'm not going to change it. I understand that offends some people. That's, you're not my people. I'm not your people then, you mm-hmm. know. There's plenty of other people, you know, and then vice versa. Um, so yeah, there's the saturation. I know that's a big thing, but yeah, like you said, you're consuming that content on TikTok or whatever social media platform and you just get consumed with it and you forget like, that's like point zero <laughs> 0.01% of all the content, you know, but you get inundated with it thinking, oh, this is saturated. I could not, they could never do it. Um, but you find your people and that's why I'm so big on sharing your message, being yourself, you know, cause that's, what's going to attract the people you know, and not getting where you talked about this before getting caught in those vanity metrics and trying to go viral. I had a TikTok account where I grew to like over a hundred thousand followers. It wasn't the right followers, you know, and it it looked cool on paper. Wow. He's got a hundred thousand followers, you know, but it's like, it wasn't translating to sales leads, you know, not much engagement, you know, because they were, they were built off of just kind of viral stuff. So I went back to the drawing board, started up a new account. Um, try not to get caught up in the numbers. I would be lying if I said, I, I don't look at it, you know, and get sometimes distracted by it. Um, but now it's like, if my video gets 78 views, I'm hoping 40 of those were for the right people or hopefully 60 of them were to the right people, you know, um, not to go viral where it was, um, you know, one person was right and 77 were the wrong people, you know? So it's, it's building the right audience, not the biggest audience. I like that. I like that for sure. What makes a good ebook? I think the story, um, again, so my process of the ebook is 20 to 40 pages, helping a specific, uh, person with a specific problem. You know, we're not writing, like I said, 200, 300 page eBooks that we sell on Amazon. Um, just not the way I do it. Not to say you can't do that. Um, so it's a very specific person, very specific problem. And I think that's in lies the secret, the very specific problem for the very specific person. The example I give, you know, new moms, when they become new moms, they, a lot of new moms struggle to, um, peel off to get back to their pre-pregnancy weight. You know, that's a very specific person with a very specific problem. Chuck and I wouldn't be interested in that. <laughs> you know, yeah. what a woman that has, doesn't have kids, you know, right. and, and that's the exact point is to eliminate basically everybody except that little pocket of people, you know, and I've had people, you know, I had a guy write the book and it was, you know, he didn't really, find, it was just weight loss. You know, that was it. It was how to lose weight. And I was like, dude, you're competing with, you, you know, right. the companies that have billions of dollars in advertising. You know, this is why we want to do a very specific, you know, what, what is your transformation? And he's like, Oh, I lost 85 pounds in two years doing this and that. And he was a dad. And I'm like, wait a second. <laughs> why don't you target overweight dads who want to lose weight without dieting or whatever he did? You know, I'm like, you've done it. You, you just share your specific story to that and, and relate to that specific person. So I think it's to a specific person to a specific, um, with a specific problem. And a lot of people get caught up in the, oh, I'm not a writer. And it's 
just tell your story. Uh, use an app called Adder is a good one. It's just a voice. You take a walk, record your notes, and then it will transcribe it for you. Um, blue ocean versus red ocean. And I know you know this concept, but I'll explain it for people that are listening or watching. Uh, a blue ocean is something that has not been chummed up by a bunch of bait or hooks or whatever you want to, whatever analogy you want to use. Whereas a red ocean has all that competition and it's this like this huge, very difficult, you can't even get a morsel out of that market because you, you're not, you know, if you're going to use sharks, for example, you're not the biggest shark out there. So you can't compete with the big sharks and you're competing for this tiny little morsel that there's no way you're going to get because you're not big enough, powerful enough and, and strong enough and all of these other things. And you don't have the experience that the older, bigger shark does either. But if you go to a blue ocean, you're the only one there. And that's the whole thing. Like um, I saw somebody who did this brilliantly with realtors in Southwest Florida. They're like, I'm the realtor for cops in, you know, for cops in Lee County. It's like there's millions of realtors. How are you going to distinguish yourself? Oh, well, I'm the realtor for the cops. Because even though that's who they're targeting specifically, other people outside of that niche will connect with them somehow and they will attract those people that are even outside of their niche as well. I'm sure you found that. Yeah, no, hundred percent. And that's a great example of the police officer, uh, realtors and police officers. I used to run advertising for real estate agents, uh, in 2014, 2013, 14 and 15. And I did the same thing at first. I ran Facebook ads for real estate agents, and then I would run ads myself to get real estate agent clients. And I would separate the ads to Remax, Coldwell Banker, Keller Williams, uh, Berkshire Hathaway and uh, Century 21. So I, I would run ads to each of those and then each ad was separate. Hey, Century 21 realtors. Hey, Coldwell, Ma Ma you know, hey, Keller Williams. And I ran those ads for a while and I what I found was Keller Williams ads were just resonating more. It, it, I was just getting more on the phone with more Keller Williams. So I eliminated those other four and then I just became I ran Facebook advertising for Keller Williams agents. And then I took it a step further and I was, I ran uh, Facebook ads for Keller Williams agents who are males. And then I'm not a sexist thing or anything. I just, when I got on the phone with them. We could talk sports. I, I was just, I just, just become a new dad, you know? So if they were, I would ask them advice on dad stuff, you know? Um, I was basically, I'm pretty sure I was the only person in the world that was a, ran Facebook ads for Kelly, male Kelly Williams agents. You know, I created that category of one. And I remember speaking with some real estate agents out here in Vegas, and there's 13,000 real estate agents in Vegas. My first question, seven, eight years ago, always to them was, who is your market? And they, uh, most of them, 98% of the time was, whoever's looking to buy or sell a house. <laughs> oh, my Lord. You're competing with 13,000 other real estate agents. So I would suggest to them, why not just take care of MGM employees? You know, very similar to the cop thing. Mm -hmm. Why not take care of Caesar's Palace employees? Oh, there's not enough. I mean, there's 10,000. You get in with two or three of them, word starts traveling fast in that office or in the, in the lunch break room, the smoke break room, you know, whatever it is. Word travels fast. Now you're the MGM specific. And, and like you said, it can certainly it could certainly get other business, but focus on that specific area. Um, and that applies to any, any business, not just real estate agents. But yeah, that's a great example with the police officers in that. And the reason I think people don't do that, yes. you know, they're worried about, oh God, if I only talk to this person, A, I'm going to piss this person off or I'm going to bore this person or they're not going to have any interest in, and like you said, that is the point. 
your your yes. your content or your products and your services should completely alienate everybody that you don't want to reach because you don't have a message that's going to resonate with them anyway, and you, they weren't going to be your customer. Another thing with Kelly Williams, I get on the phone with these guys. You know, after you know after ten fifteen calls, they would tell me the software they use, the internal terminology that they use, their annual conference. They were supposed to cold call from nine to eleven thirty every morning, and stuff like that. So by the time I got on sales call number 16 i'm like yeah it sounds like that software you're using you know xyz and they're like wait how'd you how'd you know about that and i'm like oh yeah i knew there's internal system you know how do you like cold calling two and a half hours a day they'd be like looking over their shoulder thinking that i was in the room with them <laughs> right just from the previous conversations of really getting to know the market you know pick, hey how was that uh the, the conference that you guys had in delaware last weekend you heard about that? You know, oh, yeah, I talked to Joe and Steve and that. And they just assumed, this guy understands my problem. He must have my solution. He must know the solution because he gets the problem better than I do. You know, he knows what I'm frustrated with before I can even say it to him, you know. And it made the sales calls a lot easier for someone who's horrendous at sales calls. That was kind of my, my hack, you know, is getting to know the market really well and talking to them. And then the calls were rather quick because I could, could kind of throw out the problems. I've been, Hey, Joe, are you struggling with this, this, and this? And they're like, yes, yes, yes. How did you know that? You know, well, I talked to Steve and Bill and Johnny and blah, blah, blah. Um, and it just made things much easier. But yeah, like you said, you can build a super successful business with that 5%. Get out of the convincing game. You don't need to convince anybody. You know, I, I don't like that whole convincing game. There's plenty of people out there that need what you have to offer. And, you know, it, it is that. It's, it's providing solutions for people. And I think people see sales as... Trying, like you said, trying to convince somebody that they need something. But if you find the right person whose problem you can solve, you don't have to convince anybody. And those are the most enjoyable conversations that I've ever had. You walk in, there's like, yep, this is what I'm struggling with. Okay, well, this is how I overcame that. Oh, okay, so you've actually already done this yourself. Yep, I have. And, and I, I, I have a process. I've developed a framework, and I can help you get through that and save you some time and money in the process. And they're like, oh, okay. And those are the people that, A, they're the most teachable, B, they complete the tasks that you, know, you suggest that they complete, and you know, they have the most success because of that as well. And they value your time, and you're not somebody who feels like, this person doesn't even want to talk to me. Why am I on the phone with them? Because that's just so energy draining. And that kind of leads me into the next point is, you want to have a business, but you don't want to have a calendar lit up like a Christmas tree where you're spending all day long. Tell me how that process evolved and, and what you do to overcome it. That's, a, you know, as a dad of two kids, you know, when I was 25, uh, a business with a calendar lit up like a Christmas tree, that probably would have been appealing and team members and, and salespeople and blah, 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 blah. That 15 years ago, that would have been probably my dream, you know, but at this age, I have zero desire for that. There's people that dream of that. That's their, that's what they want. That's what they're building for. And so I kind of, in a sense, throw rocks at that in my content. And I'm not saying it's bad. I don't want that, but I want to attract other people that don't want that either. And there's a lot of people out there that do want that. And it's like, well, don't follow me because that's not what I'm looking to do, you know? And I'll tell people that, hey, if you're looking to build a, a team and, an, you know, some people want to build an office and things like that. And, don't follow me because I don't know how to do that because I, I don't want to do that, you know? Um, and so I, that's why I try to talk to the dads, you know, uh, you know, a 25 year old, 
probably not going to, I mean, you might be able to pick up some stuff from me, but there's other people to go follow, you know? Um, and so I, I keep it simple. So I kind of throw rocks or make fun of some of those things, you know? So people come into my world and go, I like that. And, and I've had a number of people reach out, um, email, DM me. I don't want a calendar of sales calls either. You know, this, this is why I followed you, you know, uh, and that's exactly what I want. You know, those are the people that are in line with me that, that have those same values. You know, it's a dad that I don't want that calendar. Um, if your marketing message is effective enough and you, and you pre-qual them, pre-qual them yep. enough beforehand, yep. you can have four sales calls and get two conversions as opposed to eight sales calls and getting two conversions because you, like you said, you have clarified your message. So what's the yes. best way that you have found to clarify your message, repel people that are not a fit for what you offer and actually attract people who, who are without, uh, you know, without spending tons of money on advertising and all those type of things. Yeah. I think the biggest thing that being unapologetically yourself, um, I think that's the best way. And I, I'm not perfect with it. Um, I'm getting better at it. You know, it, it, it's, there's not a finish line, you know, where you get to it or make it, you know, but just being unapologetically yourself, you know, talking about things that you care about, that you're sharing your beliefs, your thoughts, your perspectives, your, you know, there's four P's that I try to, the plan, your plan, I, I try to share my plan. Um, the kind of the, the 30,000 overfoot view the, the plan. So they understand it, you know, then I share my philosophy on business and life or perspective, you know, um, I need to probably do a better job of that, but the, the perspective and philosophy is going to where, where, um, you're going to push people away and, and attract the right people. You know, in my welcome email, I say my very first email when they opt in my, I, I say like, I swear there's going to be grammar and spelling mistakes, not on purpose. You know, I'm just not perfect with that. And I really don't care about it. Um, and I don't, I don't uh, deal with people who place blame or point fingers. So if any of that unsubscribe right now, just let's not waste my time or your time. Um, if you like to place blame and victim mentality, I don't like that. That's one of my philosophies that I, I don't believe in that. You know, uh, some people do, a lot of people do, unfortunately. <laughs> Like, so it's like, well, we're not going to jive then. So just get off my list now, you know, just unsubscribe now. Um, so I, I do that in that opening email, but, um, so plan process, uh, a plan or process philosophy or perspective, um, personality, you know, again, showing up as yourself. Um, and then I try to share prices. Another, there's a fifth P I'm, I'm drawing a blank here. Uh, price is another P that I share. Um, but that stuff Putting out that content, like I try, I've had a couple sales calls. I'm trying to get away. From, I'm trying to have zero sales calls, and I've closed a couple of nice, nice deals this year, multi thousand dollars a month, no sales calls, none at all. You know, it was purely a Google Doc. Uh, the one guy was a business coach doing five hundred thousand dollars a month. He reached out to me just because of my Facebook posts. Just reading my Facebook posts, he's like, "Dude, you're really good at copywriting. I'd like you to write my emails." You know? mm -hmm. I mean. It was wasn't that simple of a conversation, yeah. you know, but we went back and forth through Facebook messenger. And then I wrote up like basically the proposal. It wasn't really a proposal. It was more like the offer in like a two page Google doc. And I sent it over to him. He read it. It had the price three grand a month that he came back to me and said, when do we start? You know, how do I pay you? You know, blah, blah, blah. Um, and that was it, you know? And so, yes, if you have marketing, um, dialed in a clear message dialed in, um, 
you, the sales calls you can eliminate or dr let's say drastically reduce sure. them, you know? You know, and explain the top of funnel, middle funnel, bottom funnel, because I don't think anybody's ever done that for me on the, and on my program. Yeah, before. so the very top is kind of the awareness, the, the widest, uh, the widest you're going for the widest audience, the widest reach, you know, and then that middle of funnel is kind of the engagement in a sense, you know, uh, asking more questions. Uh, and then that, that bottom of funnel is that consideration or that conversion, you know, where they, where they make the purchase um, or become a lead depending on kind of how you're looking at it. But yeah. And I, I, so for TikTok, especially, I find a lot of entrepreneurs just make content for top of funnel, just top of funnel, top of funnel. They're going for views, viral, more followers, more followers. And that's great to get followers, but it's not like, if you want to turn those followers into like fans, you need to have a little bit more in-depth content. You know, and if you want to turn those fans into customers or clients, you know, you need to have a better, more educational content, the longer content that's not going to go viral. It's not going to get a lot of the views, you know, and some of these Facebook groups, a lot of people complain. They're like, man, I'm not getting the views. And it's like, well, not all your videos, <laughs> you know. Um, you should have like all three phases, you know, um, and, and yeah, and any type of content, you, you kind of want to have all three of those phases. And so um, I know these aren't hard and fast rules. This is, you know, these aren't 10 commandments here, but what percentages do you use for those different types of content? Um, so I used to do about 60% with the top of funnel with like a new TikTok account. I've, I've gotten to now it's. I'm kind of going the other way where I just want the right people where I'm almost like 70% middle or bottom of funnel, like middle funnel, the educational stuff, not to go viral or anything like that, you know, and, and probably 20 to 30% of the more viral stuff. Um, I, I'm just more substance. If it's a slower following, that's fine, you know, um, but I've just seen some of the traffic on TikTok. So basically kind of what I'm doing right now is I'm using TikTok, basically all of or TikTok is my top of funnel, and then I'm pushing them into my Facebook group, um, which is kind of my middle and bottom of funnel in a sense, you know, um, and I like the Facebook group because I can record trainings, weekly trainings. Mm -hmm. After four, you know, after a month, I got four trainings, eight training, you know, after six months, I'm going to have a lot of training where someone could enter into my Facebook group in six months. They might spend a weekend going through all the content. Um, the videos, you know, reading the post and that, uh, and they might be ready to buy. They might have saw a TikTok video on Thursday, got into my 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 Facebook group on Friday, Monday. They're reaching out, going, "How do we work together?" You know, because yeah. they consumed all this content. That's just it's kind of. In, I heard this analogy from a mentor of mine, so it's not mine, but he's like a Facebook group's kind of like a crock pot, and it just sits there and just. It's just warming up. You know, you put the leads in, put the leads in, put the leads in. And some people will be ready um, quicker than others, obviously. Sure. Um, but the e and like an email sequence, it's kind of a linear approach, you know. Not to say it doesn't work. I'm not saying there's no value in that, so don't take that. But if they sign up for my email, this person finds me on TikTok on a Thursday, signs up for my email Friday, they're going to get my emails Saturday, Sunday, mm -hmm. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, you know. And not to say they're not valuable, but a Facebook group, you know, you never know. Maybe they... Maybe they binge watch. You know, I've had people say, like, dude, I binge watch your YouTube channel this weekend, you know. Um, and so that's kind of the, the – so I'm using kind of TikTok in a sense as my top of funnel. And then the Facebook group is the middle and or the bottom of funnel. I know one of the things that you learned um, from a, a previous mentor was, like, 
the person that makes the most offers. Not all of them are going to work, but the one who makes the most offers is the one who has the most success. I'm not going to say makes the most money because I know that's not what you're in it for, but that's the one that has the most successful business and helps the most people. Yes. And she, I hired this lady. She was out of Australia. She sold over $20 million. Now I won't say her name, but, um, in 2016 and I, the training was good. The mentorship was good. I, uh, it was, it was 20 of us in the, this, this group of men, this, this mentees. Yeah. Yes. And I was the only man. So I didn't like that part. I should have known she markets to women, but her message back to back, the messaging spoke to me, yeah. you know, even though she says, Hey, beautiful. And all of her emails, <laughs> I, I ignored that part because what she was talking about, it just resonated with me. And it's interesting over the last six or nine months, I've, I've been the, the women entrepreneurs. I've really, I say attracted, but I should use the word resonate, you know, their message just resonates more with me in these last six or nine months over the men, you know, the, a lot of the men, it's bigger, mm -hmm. better, faster, stronger. Rah, 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 you know? And, uh, the women, I just, their message is resonating with me. But anyways, this woman that I hired in 2016, the training was good, but I, I almost remember exactly word for word of how she said it. And she said, the reason I make more money than most is I make more offers than most. It really is as simple as that. And so she's, I'm like, you, she's right. So I think August, I've made an offer every single day since August 29th. I, I've made it a, I keep track. I actually right here. I have, a, I have, now, I when you say down. make offers, they mean your call to action for people or how, how exactly do you mean that? Make an offer to make money. Okay. Join my, All right. yeah. list, follow me, but somewhere where if it's get on a call or DM me for mm -hmm. information, something like that, you know, but yesterday I made two offers, a Facebook post and an email. The day before I made a Facebook post and an email. Um, I, I have to write it down because if I don't write it down, I won't do it, you know? So I, I manually, it's right here. I see it all day. Uh, and sometimes I've made an offer at 1145 at night. Just so I, I don't break my streak of, hey, I need to make an offer. And what I've noticed is I'm getting better at making offers. I'm fine-tuning my pitch, you know, and I have a couple of uh, different offers that I make, but I'm getting better at it. I'm um, getting more comfortable with making the offers. Um, so that's the one tip I would give the audience is make more offers. It, it's, it sounds silly. It sounds obvious, but a lot of entrepreneurs I talk to, I'll say, When's the last time you made an offer? And most times it's like, uh, I, I mean, they have to think. And it's, I think, last Tuesday or was it Monday? I can't remember. I think it was last week. And I was like, you think, you know? Yeah. And so uh, because a lot, they don't want to come across salesy right. and, 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 and that mental stuff. And I was like that too. So I challenged myself. I got to make an offer every day. And in two and a half months, I've gotten – much better at doing it, fine-tuning the pitch. By January 1st, you know, um, I feel like I'll be able to make the offer just very succinct and very precise. And just, I'll be much better at it because I got all practice doing it. And it's like creating content. The more you create, the better you get at it. And the, the more your brain kind of starts to work on autopilot. I had been procrastinating to fix my sink because I worried about what a hassle it was going to be. And then I said, all right, I asked myself, well, what if I could fix this myself? What if I didn't have to hire a plumber at $50 an hour? And so I go down to Lowe's. Guy says, yeah, you can get this little packet of stuff. This should fix the leak. And I'm, we're talking about years. We're talking about a couple of years this leak's been going on, Adam. And my brain was just like, no, this is going to be a nightmare. I don't even want to get into it. And so I watched one YouTube. I think, no, actually, I watched two YouTube videos. I did what the guy said. 
and I fixed yeah. this thing, and the total price to fix it was five bucks. So I have been agonizing with this mental problem for almost probably two years that if I would have gotten off my procrastination and overthinking thing and just gone for it, I could have fixed it for five bucks in less than an hour. So I th it's the same thing. It's the same thing with content. If you're not making offers, it's because you don't feel that you have value to bring to other people and you're, or you're scared of what other people are going to think when you make an offer. And so that's coming from this point of selfishness. You're worried about what other people think more than how many people can I help by making offers? It's yeah, that's a great point. Um, that guy that I said earlier that I talked with uh, emailed me last week about muscular dystrophy. If I didn't make the offer, him and I wouldn't have that conversation. You know, and you're exactly right. And I tell people that you're being selfish by not making the offer. You're putting yourself, your feelings, your fear of judgment, your your the, the fear of rejection or people saying no, whatever it is. There could be that one person out there that really needs what you have to offer. But you're holding back on making that offer because the fear of failure, fear of judgment, rejection, whatever it is, you know. So um, I, I kind of I try to break business down into I came up with it: create content, make offers. Like mm -hmm. that, I've been saying that for a while. That's literally it. And I, I I like it that it's four words. It's easy to memorize. But I want to add in a middle one: create content build relationships, make mm, offers. There you go. You know, and so it's really, I can't narrow it down to six or four words. It's more like six words. But if you focus on those three, creating content, building relationships um, and making offers, you're going to be successful. Yeah. And really whatever you do. Sure. You know? But yeah. that, that's the basis for really any any online businesses, create content, build relationships, make offers. And I can tell just by talking with you for the little bit of time that I have and consuming your content, that personal development has made a huge difference in your life. Yes. T tell yes. me, tell me about how, how that journey started for you. Cause in what you used to do, I'm sure there's probably not a ton of construction people that are involved in the personal development field. So, yeah. you know, just like when I was in frack, but now a lot of whole people, a lot of people reading self-development books and listening to those types of podcasts and tell me about what a difference that has made for you. And then maybe share a couple of books that you've read that made a huge impact for you. Okay. Yeah, it's made all the difference. And I think that's why I have such an obsession with it. I really think like entrepreneurship is like the vehicle to for self-improvement, self-mastery, personal development, whatever you want to call it. And um, I, it's, I, I've been obsessed with it, you know, since probably 2015 is when I started getting into the whole mindset stuff. You know, I was doing things, entrepreneur stuff, you know, and I kept hearing about this mindset stuff. And I was like, well, I'll figure that out later. I got to make money. You know, yeah. money first, you know, and then I realized, no, 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 you got to work on the mindset before you make the money, you know. And so just starting to read books, you know, I had a book recommended to me um, by a buddy and I, I just, he kept recommending it to me. I'm like, I'm not really a big reader, you know, and it was the slight edge. And um, I finally read it and it was the end of 2015. And I, 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 I think I texted him and like, dude, I know you've recommended this to me probably 27 times, but why didn't you recommend it to me a hundred times? It was outstanding, you know, yeah. and basically like, why didn't I listen to you the first time? Um, Jeff Olson. Jeff Olson. Okay. It's my number one favorite book. Yeah. Slight Edge. I try to read it once a year. Um, and the premise and then, is basically. Oh yes. Yes. So daily disciplines. It, it's, it's, uh, as an example, you know, if you, um, eat carrots at dinner instead of French fries, you're not going to lose 10 pounds day one. Right. But if you did that for six months, that daily discipline, daily discipline, if, if you park your car or if you, you take the stairs to work, 
as opposed to the elevator. One flight, let's say one or two flights. You're not going to lose all the weight by this weekend. I hate to break it to you. But if you do that every day for six months, nine months, 12 months, it's just those little daily disciplines that they add up, basically, basically consistency. Sure. You, you know, and sum up that book, it would be the importance of consistency. And I, it, it um, sounds, I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt, but it sounds very similar to The Compound Effect by Darren Hardy. It's, it's yes. that same thing. The, those little tiny things don't make any difference in the moment, but they compound yeah. and they not only give you the results you were looking for, but they magnify the results you were looking for if you're consistent like that, for sure. Yeah, so. And I think I haven't read The Compound Effect and I want, I need to, but yeah, they sound almost identical. Um, I think The Slight Edge was first. I think Compound Effect might is more popular though, for whatever reason yeah. that is. But um, but yeah, exactly, the, the little daily disciplines. Um, I read that book from my buddy Conrad. He recommended it to me again like 27 times. And then I was like, what other books do you have? <laughs> you know? And so then I read The Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod. And it was like, do the five things by eight o'clock in the morning, you know, basically your morning routine, morning ritual, whatever you want to call it. Um, and I, those are the two books that I read kind of back to back that kind of kicked off this whole uh, personal development obsession. You know, I even say a slight obsession and I put slight in, um, in quotes and I probably don't even need to put slight in there, you know, because I like I I'm a nerd. I, um, I print, I'm old school, so I print off. You know, I got four categories, mind, health, relationships, wealth. Mm. And these are my daily disciplines, the slight edge. And I, I, I've tried to do the app on the phone. You know, I've tried to do spreadsheets where I track it on the computer, but I forget, you know. So this sits on my desk right here where it's um, not out of sight, out of mind. You know, I see it. And so journal, meditate, read for 20 minutes. These are things that I... I'm not saying I'm perfect with it, but I try to do sure. on a daily basis. My health, drink a green smoothie. I fast 17 hours. I take a daily walk in bed by 1130. These are things I try to do every day, you know. Uh, dinner with the kids at the table. No phones, no iPads, no TV. You know, I'm big on family dinners. I read a, the kids a bedtime story. And then do we go, did we play a card game that day or go to the park? And then I have my business stuff. And I, I, I check off my boxes and then I have a percentage. So last week I was 56.7%. Not that good last week. <laughs> Not that good, you know, right. but I'm a big fan of you cannot improve what you don't measure. That's exactly so what I was going to say. You were in my head there. Yeah, yeah, it's so like, totally uh, it. And so, yeah, so sometimes when you have those times where, oh, I didn't do real well. Okay, great. Don't yeah. beat yourself up about it. Just realize you can improve. And this is yeah. this is where you need to improve. Because it's, it's all about being intentional. And, yeah. you know, people who don't consume personal development stuff and – and that's what I've done. I've made this huge shift from I spend most of my time in education now rather than entertainment. Don't get me wrong. I will still binge watch a good show, um, you know, or a couple of shows or I'm like you. I'm a huge sports fan. So, uh, you know, until they screwed it all up, I was, you know, rooting for the Yankees. But um, it's the same thing. You know, it's like take the time for the things that bring you joy. But if you've got an if you've got a goal. You need to educate yourself about that goal and you need to spend more time in education than you do in entertainment. And I think that's where so many people, they, they're that prisoner of the moment. They want that dopamine hit of likes or views or follows or the, the happiness of that show or the conflict of that show. And that's, that's not really going to move their life forward where, where they want to be. And that's a great place for us to, number one, the last question is, where do you see yourself? 
in in five years what what is adam's world going to look like and, and how many people are going to help and all of that stuff and um and then lastly where can people find you yeah so um in five years um probably doing something similar um but it, leading kind of i hate to use the word like movement but helping dads you know so when i interviewed these dads these 75 dads one of the most common things that they wanted was more family time that was pretty universal um and so I looked at it as more dad time and that domain was available. So I got more dad time, more family time.com wasn't available. So I said, you know, I'm going to go with more dad time. Um, and so I just bought that domain. Um, and that's kind of a North star in a sense to help these dads have more, you know, I'm a big, big believer and um, won't get into too deep, but fatherless homes is a huge, huge issue. And I think that that's a big, 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 big problem with that could solve most of our problems in the United States, um, fatherless homes. And a lot of dads aren't, I mean, not the dads that are deserting the family and leaving, you know, but a lot of them are, are working 67 hours a week, you know, and they're just not home. They're there, but they're not there, you know? And so I thought, oh man, if I could help these dads be there. I had a dad yesterday, he was working 60, 70 hours a week. He's like, man, if I could make an extra 300 bucks a week, I could get down to 40 hours a week. That's huge. He wasn't looking to build a right. dollar business. Right. It's like, man, I want to be home a little bit more. Yeah. And 300 bucks a week, how, how do I do that? 1200 bucks a month, you know? Yeah. Uh, and there's a lot of dads that I've talked to. They're, they're fine with the job, but man, an extra 500 bucks, 800 bucks a month, you know? Some of them, of course, hate the job. They want to get out of it. But so helping, uh, and, and I'm a big, I, I try to tell people, find a market, which is a group of people with a painful problem. Find a market that you are committed to guiding, teaching, leading, inspiring, motivating for the next two plus years. Have mm, that mindset. I like that. You know, not, not three months. Oh, I don't like these idiots. You yeah. know, like who are you kind of have an obsession with helping, you know? And like I said, when I got on the phone and talking to these dads, hearing some of these stories, the guy crying over the phone because his wife made more money than him and he felt he's, he's not a man, you know? So he wanted to start a business where he could make more money. I was like, oh, that's a real problem, you know. Uh, it, it could be an illusion in his head most likely, sure. you know, but he's not alone. I'm sure there's other men out there that are married to doctors or nurses or lawyers. They make more money and they feel not man enough, you know. And so helping these dads um, having this more dad time, you know, and, and how I look at it is if I can help their dad be home and go on the field trips and take them to school and take them to soccer practice and football practice and all that, little Johnny and Susie, like the dad and mom could, I could help the marriage stay together. You know, I know that's a big, big uh, kind of vision, but if I can help the marriage stay together, little Johnny and little Susie have mommy and daddy raising them. Yeah. Raising you know, and then when little Johnny and Susie get 30, well, hopefully they want to stay married. And it's just this generational thing. Now, like I said, me and my ex aren't together. Part of that was money issues. Part of it, I drank too much alcohol, but a, part, a big part of it was money issues. We didn't communicate. There, there was a lot to sure. it, you know, but money was, was definitely a factor, you know, and it was looking back at it. It's like, man, if I could have, uh, Looking back now, there's a couple things I could have done to keep it together because being a single dad's no fun. I do I, I wouldn't wish this on my worst enemy, you know. So helping these dads be be more present in their in their kids' lives and their families' lives, you know, that's the big goal. The three year, the one year, the three year, the five year, the ten year, you know. I think of maybe even having like retreats at some nice. point, you know, nice. Costa Rica with the whole family. Yeah. Again, in a family, you know, we'll do our dadpreneur stuff over here, but at night we'll we'll get together as families yeah. and go to dinner. I love that. Out. That's great. Yeah, and so. I think we all just need more communities of people 
who have the same goals that we do. As, as we wrap up here, tell us where people can find you and, and how you can help them. Yeah, so the best is just adamdukes.com. That's my website. It's funny, over the years, I, I come up with these cute domain names, like, cute, clever domain names. Like I said, moredadtime.com I came up with. And I come up with these ideas, and then I, I run with them for six months, a year, two years, and I'm like, oh, I don't really like that anymore. <laughs> and I'm like, so like in May of this year, April of this year, I was like, you know what? It hasn't changed my name. Yeah. You know, like I'm not going to hopefully not get sick of the name, you know, and I'm like, you know what? I'm just directing everything back to things might change a bit, sure. you know, but hey, my name won't, the domain name won't. Um, so, yeah, AdamDukes.com, that's the best way to uh, to kind of find me. I uh, My blog post around there, podcast, YouTube videos, link to the Facebook group, yeah. pretty much everything. everything. That's like the hub to find everything all about Adam. Well, that's awesome. Um, I think you're, you're sharing a great message. I think you, uh, well, Adam, I really enjoyed this. Uh, I thank you for the time. Uh, I encourage people if you are a, uh, if you're a dad and you were just looking for a different way, maybe it's only a couple hundred, you know, extra bucks. And you know, but yep. what, what I think Adam does really, really well is he helps you expand your mind on, oh yeah, I do have something that's knowledgeable um, or I'm knowledgeable about money and more options in your life. Go check out Adam. I appreciate it, Chuck. Thanks for the time. Thanks for the opportunity. All right. Take care now. You have been listening to the Escape the Cage podcast with me, your host, Chuck Ellis, and we will see you next time.